Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today I'm chatting with my friend, Laura Simmons. She is a new mommy, and we are having a little conversation today about being a business owner, um, being a hairstylist, and bringing a child into your world. Um, I actually really enjoy these conversations here because They're always the most listened to podcast episodes when I talk, when I have any kind of motherhood conversation, because I think that there are, there's a good and the bad, right? And sometimes we don't always talk about them both in the same conversation. And I think that it's important to know that we're not alone um, in the happiness and the struggles, um, you know, in in motherhood. We're not alone in motherhood. So I asked Laura to come on because she's she's in it. She's in the beginning stages, um, just, you know, being a new mom, trying to navigate a new life. Uh, and I thought it was really important to bring to light this conversation. So, so I hope that you enjoy this conversation. And if it resonates with you, please reach out and let us know. Um, we would love to hear your feedback. With that being said, enjoy. Laura Elizabeth, welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist. It's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a lot has happened in that last minute, but it's been great. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me on. Of course. I'm super excited about the conversation we're going to have today. Um, It's funny because, you know, as like a a stylist specific podcast, some of my most listened to episodes have been about motherhood. And I find that kind of ironic, but I also don't (laughs) because there are a lot of listeners out there who are mothers um, and who go through various things that maybe they can't talk about openly with everybody, right? So I think that these episodes um, can kind of help I want to, I don't want to say normalize, but normalize, you know, certain things about being a stylist, being a salon owner, being a business owner and having a human being 
<laughs> that is in our, you know, hands to grow and mold as a good human. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we begin, Laura, who are you and what do you do? I am now, I can say like proudly a mom, a new mama. I am a hairstylist coach for hairdressers who are looking to grow and scale their businesses, uh, whether you're a salon owner or you're a renter looking to scale and grow specifically teams as a micro salon is my new jam, which I love teaching all things about. And I'm a hairstylist and salon owner myself. So mm-hmm. I do lots of hats and that's been my greatest struggle to date now being a mom is like, where do the hats fit and in what capacity and how to navigate that and balance that. So it's definitely been um, nine months now, nine and a half months of having my sweet baby Maximus, but it's been nine months of just really reassessing my entire life, which has probably thrown me into like a complete reevaluation of everything that I was not expecting. And that sounds so silly to say that, but we just were talking before we jumped on, like no one can truly prepare you for the responsibility of motherhood until you're actually in it. You can plan all day long what you think it's going to look like and how amazing it's going to be. You're going to hire nannies and help and all this stuff, but it's so different when you're actually in it. I had a friend after she had her first and she said, um, it's like, (laughs) what did she say? It's like, you're all of a sudden a part of a club that you like never asked to be in. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of true. Even if you wanted to be in it, right? Like it's, it's very different than what you expect it's going to be. What would you say is a perfect segue, actually. Thank you for that. (laughs) What would you say would be what you didn't expect the most? Oh man. Well, let me revisit. It's like, I have to go back to like three, six months ago. Um, I think what I probably didn't expect the most. I shared this with you and I've shared this with a few other people was like the initial connection to baby wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, it took a while for us to really find our groove together. Cause he was a whole new human to me and I was a whole new human to him. And it was like, how do we learn to work together? And that was hard. Um, I just shared it with my husband and this is so interesting that I've actually, I'm surprised now we're nine and a half months um, post his birthday, that the people who have shown up to support me have surprised me. And the people who have not made time to check on me that I thought would also has surprised me. Mm. And it feels like I've lost friendships through this process, which is like, wow, I didn't expect that. Um, So that's been something that to me was like a revelation that was recent and then it also, in hindsight, as being a mom, has made me think anyone moving forward. So Laura not having a baby had no idea how to support moms having babies. And now that I've had a baby, I feel like the world's worst friend. <laughs> like, I wish I knew what they needed because now I know. Um, right. There's any new mom or if you add more children to your family. Um, so all those three things I would say would be the most like profound that I have actually, now that I've been through it, understand it. Do you feel like the people who did show up for you were somewhat newer moms? Yes. I'm trying to think. I would say newer moms or just moms who work. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. I love that. Okay. That's a great, I'll say, okay, great. What would you say the like hardest part of being a working mom is in this first nine months of being a mother? trying to not do it all. Like you can't do it all. I want to do it all. I'm like the manifesting generator, like type three Enneagram, like I can do it all and I can't do it all. And asking for help is really hard. 
And it's definitely been a challenge of like asking for help and having had planned out my return back from maternity leave. And on paper, it was like, this is going to go smoothly. It's still going to be hard. I was like shedding clients. I was moving business things around. I was coming back to a new business and my plan went upside down. Um, There was changes that happened in the business when I returned that I didn't have control over. And I had to try and like fix things, mind you, fix things when I was like, three months postpartum, when you're like foggy brain, you're not sleeping still, you're like, your body's not your own, like all of these things that were already really hard to work with on top of postpartum and going back to work and putting a face on. So everyone thinks you're happy and the baby's amazing and your life is amazing. Like, I just, I feel like at that point, if I look back, I was a shell of Laura moving through the motions, feeling like I just, I don't, I don't have a handle on anything right now. Yes. It was really, really hard. You know, you do a lot of the internal work like I do, right? So like, you know, that like stepping into like a new, you know, a person that you want to be is like, you know, very different and it can be uncomfortable and blah, blah, blah. It's interesting because we learn those things, you know, through self-growth over time, right? When it comes to becoming a parent, you literally learn these things overnight or whenever you have your baby over morning, whatever. The moment it comes out, of wherever it's going to come out. (laughs) (laughs) All of a sudden, there is this like forced change of your life, whether you prepare for it or not, because I don't, again, like we said earlier, I don't care how many baby books you read. I don't care how many courses you watch. I don't, I don't care how many things people tell you, you can not prepare for what it's like to become a parent. Like you just can't, you just cannot. (laughs) Um, I learned that even through breastfeeding, my mm -hmm. midwife who's a lactation consultant or specialist was like, you're expecting, she was trying to give me grace. And she's like, you're expecting to come into this as an expert with zero training. Like you have to be okay with learning something new and it taking time. And it's the same thing with parenting. Like you're going in with zero training. You can have as many classes as you think you can take to prepare you for all of the outcomes that could possibly happen. But like when you're learning a brand new little stranger who is your baby for the very first time, it's going to take time. Yes. Yes. What lesson have you learned already that you didn't expect to learn? Like what has he taught you already? There's probably a couple, but is there like a main one? Patience. I've never been a very patient human being. I very much am impatient with my own goals. I'm impatient with myself a lot. I'm impatient with other people. Um, Even through teaching, as an educator, teaching physically in the salon with assistants, I've learned patience. But like he has, he has taught me so much patience now. Where I don't react, I truly respond. So when he's frustrated. I have to be the calm person opposed to being like, oh my God, he's telling me like, why aren't you going to sleep? Why aren't you getting your bottle? Right. (laughs) It's like, how can I be the steadfast person to hold space for him? And then we can figure out what this, what the solution is on the other side. Um, So patience and like the, oh gosh, like the midnight, like eating every two hours and learning how to breastfeed. Like I remember getting up at two in the, in two, four, (laughs) six, every two hours to feed him. And in the beginning, I would feel so frustrated that I'm like, I'm the only mom in the world up right now. I'm all but like, just, you know, you just feel like you're so lonely. And I've learned patience through that process of like, okay, like once he gets through this, then we get to go back to sleep for about 90 minutes. And then we repeat it again. Like you just have to be present in each moment and be patient in that moment and not 
get ahead of yourself of thinking about how much sleep am I losing and why isn't he sleeping through the night yet? And how come I can't, whatever it is, like it's, it's, it's truly being in that moment. Yeah. I think, I think children are the biggest teachers, <laughs> which is ironic because we're supposed to be the ones like teaching them. But mm-hmm. I know for me, when I had Declan, I had the, pl- I had it planned out. I had all of the, um, uh, not disposable diapers. I was doing cloth diapers. I had like, oh I my had, God, oh, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Let me, <laughs> before, <laughs> before you put me on a pedestal, <laughs> let me finish my story. Cause they lasted 45 minutes. <laughs> so I, but I had, I went through the midwifery. I had, I wanted a natural birth. I did all the things, right. I like had it, it was going to be perfect. It was going to be amazing. I was educating myself. I was advocating for myself, like all the things they tell me, you know, at 40 weeks, Hey, he's like super big. <laughs> like you've got a lot of fluid. Like you're probably going to get a C-section. I said, Nope, I'm going to wait. Okay. 42 weeks, by the way, <laughs> um, 42 <laughs> We're 41 and a half. So, I uh, so, you know, right. I'm like, nope, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Guess what? It still ended in a C-section. Right. So that for me was my first, like, oh, I can't control things anymore. And that was my biggest lesson. Cause I'm very much has always been a control freak always in, in more ways than I even realized, um, until like now, like now I look back at all the things I used to do and care about that really don't matter that I don't care about anymore because I just, I don't know. I don't know why I cared about them, but that was my biggest, like, holy shit. Like I'm not going to be able to control things anymore. Like I thought that this was just in the bag. This was exactly what it was supposed to look like, you know? And then, you know, it happens and, and breastfeeding is not easy. It took me three months to really even, there was a lot of tears, basically. Cloth diapers. The kid cried every single time his diaper was wet. He literally went through five diapers in 45 minutes. I said, I'm not doing this anymore. And I went and bought disposable diapers. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the, all of my plans literally went out the window. And for me, I'm thankful for that now. Like it was the biggest life lesson that, well, one with kids, I mean, you can't plan like they're going to be their own person. Like we can spend all this time to try and make them what we want them to be. But at the end of the day, they're going to be who they are. And we just have to be there to like support them. And that is really hard when they're not doing (laughs) what we think they should be doing or what we want them to do. So for me, that was my biggest lesson was his birth. And, and I'm, again, I'm thankful for it because now it translates in my business it translates in my friendships. It tra- like if my friend was doing something that like I didn't love, like I was like all pissy about it because it was a control freak aspect, you know, where now I'm like, hey, it's just who they are. Like, it's very fascinating to me how much kids teach us. So what has he taught you that you have put into your business? Obviously, pace- patience is a big part of it. But is there anything else that you've kind of like, I don't know, like went, okay, I've learned this. And it actually translates in the salon. I feel like because I'm so new in it, like it's, if you think it's been six months since I've been back behind the chair, because mm-hmm. the first three months was um, maternity leave. So that's a great question to ask. It's probably something I'll like start thinking and connecting the dots to, but I can say that because of like just the challenges I felt in the beginning of having him and really having to be patient, I think presence in the moment has been really important as well too. And, and just 
uh, honestly, like allowing things to change uh, that are out of my control. Mm. So I shared like my business changed when I came back. And like, I think I was really surprised how many of my like OG clients decided to try other stylists and stay with them. I was like, what? Wait, no. Like I had a whole plan with stylists in my salon, but people, obviously they can do what they want. I can't control people. (laughs) Right. So that was surprising to me. Like I had this really, and I have a beautiful business still, but it has changed. And I'm now seeing like, okay, it's changed for really great opportunities for new things. It's allowing me space and time to be a mom that had I have kept the business that I had trying to be a mom, it wouldn't work. So it, it had to change. There's no way, but change still is really hard and letting go of stuff is really hard. I think the letting go thing is one thing I want to touch upon because I found myself with Maximus when he was going through like month four to month five and month five to month six. And as he was growing and hitting these milestones, I found myself having this like almost like grief of missing who he was at four months because he he just grew so fast and then who he was at five months because then he grew into six months and so on and so on. And I had to start like being okay with as soon as I got to know this baby, he's going to change. And that is something that I think I'm applying into my life now is as, as, as much as I think I know my business, as much as I think I know my stylist, as much as I think I know myself, we are all evolving and changing. Like we don't stay in one place, nor should we. Like that's not a healthy place to be. It's, it's stagnant. And I'm reflecting on that as I'm talking through this with my business, seeing now that like it's a blessing that things grew the way they did. I had they had to. It just went faster and more different than I ever expected. But again, we don't have control over our lives as much as we like to think we do. Cause this is like, I'm a control freak too with certain things. And I think like safety with business means safety with money, which means safety in my life. And that's not at all. Like, I know that's not truly where safety comes from um, as much development as we've worked on, but that's still a story I think I hold on to. So when things feel unsafe, it's because there's instability within that. But, you know, having Maximus and him showing me as he evolves and as he grows into these new, every month, (laughs) a new person right now, um, things do get better. Like, it's awesome. It's like, you have to let go of who that little person was to then really be present with this new person and then embrace what their new qualities are. Yeah. So flexibility, Mm -hmm. right? Like he's taught you flexibility. I mean, you have to, flexibility is so important anyway, if we think about it, like business-wise, especially like, what is that quote? I love that quote. It's like, um, be, be hard, be hard-headed about, your goals, but flexible with your methods or something like that. Like, I love that because I mean, that's kind of what you're describing, right? Like you still have like where you want to be and what you need, but like, it's not always going to look like the way that we think it's going to look like to get there. hundred percent. Yeah. Let's actually talk about this with business a little bit. Like, because obviously once, you know, things change, you know, once you have a kid, your business is going to look a lot different, right? You're going to either, you're going to have a sick kid all the time, especially daycare times. That's always fun. (laughs) Um, you know, you're going to have to call out like, like there's all kinds of other things, right? So systems are important, right? We talk about systems a lot. What systems do you feel like you could put into place now that are, is going to help as you know, you have to be more flexible, as a parent, because let's be real. Like we just have to be, we have to have some flexibility with kids. Like we just do, um, you know, because they just get sick all the fucking time. (laughs) Correct. Do what? Like the question within the business. Yep. Within the business. Yep. 
I think, and this is something I'm probably still letting working through, but is the ability for flexibility of like schedule. So coming like as being a super high performing, like I worked four days a week, I had this great business model, but I, and it wasn't that I was inflexible, but I was there when I was there, I was there and I was never not there. Like there was very rarely that I was sick, thank God, but I was always at work and having a kid, like things do come up and things do need to change. And I'm still working through this because I have a four, as a stylist, I'm three days behind the chair and I support my team. So there has to, like, I've been learning that there's flexibility. I built the business model that I have to have flexibility. And I'm still having to remind myself that it's built this way to create flexibility for myself and for my clients. So like our business model is a client-based sharing salon. So we have three stylists and an assistant. And so if someone gets sick, they can reschedule with whoever is available that day or the next day. And we work together as a team. Whereas as an independent artist, it's like, if you were sick, you made up all of your clients, no matter what. And then you were sick on the days you were sick, you would not come in, but then you'd have to make up all these days around those days. And you still, you never felt rested. So I still find myself feeling this responsibility of always being the one to do the hair or being the one to like go the extra mile when I'm like, I have a team that's there to support me and vice versa. They have a team that's there to support them too. So I think it's just learning to like, ask for help. <laughs> ask, yeah. for help, ask for support, build your support team. Cause you're not, I mean, parenting is not meant to be done alone. Like every other culture outside of American culture has family that raises the child. It's not mom and dad only it's mom, dad, aunts, uncles, sisters, brothers, like obviously grandparents, like they live together in a house most of the time and they all come together to raise this child. And in our society, in like Western culture, we are like programmed to think that mom and dad do all the work. And then if you're not home with your kid, you're a bad mom. Or if you put your kid in daycare, you're also a bad mom. And if you ask for too much help, then you're being too selfish. And if you put work before your child, then you must be too work focused. And there's all this like stupid stigmas when like, we are just trying to do the best that we can with what we have. And it's okay to have a a team of people. Like Mark and I don't have family in, in Texas. So we do rely on nannies to help, but we have like this beautiful, like little collective of different nannies that do come and help when we need them. Um, We have like friends that have offered to come in and support us when we were between nannies. I, it was so hard to ask. Like I literally asked some of, some of these friends are clients. I'm like, Hey, would you mind coming to watch Maximus for four hours this afternoon? And it felt so hard to ask, but if you find your choice or family of choice to support growing this child and your child exposed to all these different people, I cannot imagine it's going to like, you're not going to raise a bad child, like hands down at all. Like, I think just debunking what Western society has labeled us as moms can totally change and we can make it any way that we want to make it to allow us to have like, what is your lifestyle that you're wanting? And that's probably one thing I'm still trying to like iron out. Like Mark and I talk about this a lot is what is it that you want? And part of me is like, I want to do it all, but I want to do it differently. And I'm trying to figure out what the different now is. Well, and what is, I want to do it all. Like, like when, when he says, what do you want? And you say, I want to do it all. What does that mean? I want to hold So I love the business that I built. I love that aspect of it with coaching and supporting and, and being in our industry within that capacity. I love being behind the chair. I love working with my team and I love being a mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do I put all those pieces together and not feel overwhelmed? Yeah. What do I want? <laughs> we were all still kind of navigating that, right? Like, I mean, again, my son's eight and I still feel like I'm kind of navigating 
all of that, you know, and I think that the, this is where mom guilt can come in. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, I still, I would like to grow my business. So sometimes if he's home, I have to be in here, you know, on zoom calls and, and, you know, doing what I'm doing. And, and maybe he wants me to like see something or like, you know what I mean? And I have to wait, mommy's working right now. Like, I think that it's, it's you, I think you can have it all, but I think that you have to find I don't like balance. We've talked about this before. I don't like saying balance. I don't think balance is real. Um, I think that you have to find a flow and also remember too, that like your kid is watching. So like, I want him to be like driven. I want him to have goals that he works towards. So like, I think for a while I was like, felt bad when I was working, especially when I was behind the chair full time. Cause you know, before coaching, I was doing hair. I think it was at four days a week at that point. I wasn't home four nights out of the week. Um, and I would feel bad if I came home and he was sleeping or, you know, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, we are also teaching them to be driven and teaching them what is possible and they're watching mm-hmm. now. So I think that we have to remember that too. Like, mm-hmm. like, Hey, like it's not always time to look at, I don't know, the YouTube video he wants me to like, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay to be like, Hey, mommy's time with you. Is at this, you know, give me one more hour and then I'm not working. I'm only with you. I will sit next to you. We'll do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it's important to to like be comfortable in that. And that takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. I can imagine. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, now don't get me wrong. Like there are, I've, one of the podcast episodes about motherhood, the main topic was not feeling mom guilt. So like we were talking about going to hair love retreat and, and um, her and I, we had met there and we were having a conversation about how I really don't feel guilty for being here. Like this is like, this uplifts me and it's my time. And he likes, you know, my son likes being with daddy and like, you know what I mean? Like, I I think it's kind of healthy for him to miss me from time to time, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, Oh my God, we started crying. Like we're having this conversation and she's like, I feel exactly the same. No one, no one ever says that like, blah, blah, blah. You know? And it's like, yeah, like you, you, it's my life too. Mm -hmm. And if I put, everything I have into my son. Don't get me wrong. I'll do everything I can for my son. But one day he's going to move away. Mm -hmm. And one day he's going to have his own life. And I want him to put himself first. You know what I mean? Like, I want to teach him that like, hey, you can have other things. You can love other people, but like you are the most important. I always ask him, who do you love the most? And his answer now, because we taught him is him. He says me. You've shown shown that on social Oh, that's so sweet. I mean, I think it's important. I was, I, I mean, I, I love my parents. I'm not like putting shade on them at all, but like, I wasn't necessarily raised that way. Like my mom's very much a people pleaser and she is now going to therapy and like dealing with that now, like where I'm lucky to feel like I've kind of learned that earlier in life of like, at the end of the day, this is my life. And I, I want Declan to know my son, you know, that this is your life and you get to choose what it looks like. And I can teach you how to choose and like how to be a good person, but like you, you're, you are the most important thing in your life, period. Yeah. I don't think that's talked about enough. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. I have a client that gave me some really good advice. She's a mom of four. She has (laughs) always been like a very driven woman. She works, she has multiple, she's a yoga instructor. She's a wealth advisor. Like she works high accounts and, and you know, she, one, before I got pregnant, I was 
I'm older when I had my baby. And she was like, well, there's never a good time. So, you know, you don't, you can't keep waiting. So if you feel like that it's, you know, if you're ready to do it, just do it. And so we actually got pregnant within a year after that, not because of her, but her, her conversation was inspiring. So after we got pregnant, um, she was asking me how things were going and we're catching up and I shared with her just like my struggle of my schedule has been different. Like I'm used to, I used to be so regimented with like, I get up, I have my lemon water, I'd go to the gym, I come home and journal and it's not, that's not my schedule now. <laughs> no, you're like, I'm exhausted. I just want to sleep. <laughs> and so she said, well, children are obviously blessings in our life, but like they're brought into your world. So you now get to choose how that looks. And she was really advocating for like self-care, like put your self-care first. If that means that, you know, your gym life looks a little bit different. Like don't stop working out, like go for a walk with your baby, do lunges with your baby, like incorporate them into your world versus you stop your world and everything revolves around this little baby and their crib and their bottles or whatever it may be. And you don't leave your house. So, you know, I'm not saying her way is the right way, but it was, it was just a great perspective to see how can I blend my life, my past life with my current life and actually make that feel good. And you're right. It doesn't happen within nine months. It can, it probably takes a little bit more time to like get that flow down but I think we can get trapped into like the social media so hard. I really try my best to stay off of it because you, I've seen these really crunchy holistic moms that I'm like inspired by and they just, you know, wake up with the sunrise and they are outside their kids playing in the grass and then they're constantly at their call and it's just this beautiful symbiotic relationship with them. And I'm like, that'd be cool. But then I see another mom and another type of story that's like all about the babies and like, then I'm like, what is my life? Like, I can't keep looking out the window at all these possibilities when it's like, what's my life look like? And what really lights me up? And how can I blend those two things? And that's probably been the hardest thing to just really have discernment and then pour into your partner. Cause if your partner there as well, that is part of this <laughs> raising a child. And you have to remind yourself how this child became because you had someone to co-create that with. Um, so it is all the moving pieces and really just staying in your lane and being focused on what it is you need and want, and then find the inspiration to support that. And I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Okay. But, and that's interesting too, because it's so true, like special and social media is so funny, especially like the influencer mom social media is because it's like, okay, okay. Your kids fucking still have blowouts and shit their pants, just like mine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like. Like, let's stop pretending. (laughs) um, And it's interesting too, because, you know, there's always going to be judgment, Mm -hmm. right? Like, like I I love to think that one day I'm never going to judge other moms and they're never going to judge me. And, and I'd love to pretend that's a perfect world, but I don't think that that's the case. There's, I think there's always going to be kind of something, right? Um, I think we do have to kind of step back. Like, okay, for perfect example, before I had Declan, I would get on an airplane and I would see a kid. I literally had this whole thing where I thought that they should have family flights <laughs> and then they should have, you know, people without kid flight, like adult only flights. Like that was like, you know. I'm to share about this. So when you're done, I will share that. <laughs> you know, I had this whole thing, right? And then I had a kid, right? And we had to fly various places when he was younger. And then it's a whole different situation. Now I see a kid on a plane and I am like trying to make him smile and like, you know what I mean? Like trying to make him happy because I'm like, the parent doesn't want that kid on the plane as much as you don't want that kid on the plane. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's 
not a fun experience. And it's like, I have so much grace now in my judgment, you know? Um, and it's, and I, I wish, I wish the world, but we have to judge opposite at the same time. So like these people on social media that seem perfect, we know that that's not real. You know what I mean? Like we know, we see it, our minds go, oh, that would be amazing. I wish I had that, but we know that that's not all real life. Right. So it's like, in a way we kind of have to like stop judging towards the negative and kind of start judging a little bit more realistically, if that is a word, I don't know if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. but you know what I'm trying to say? Uh, What's your story? Yeah. It's like just being more present in your own life. Like how can you find more ease or joy that you, that you see potentially on social media? How, how can you find that in your own life? Right. And I guarantee it's not looking out someone else's window and idolizing this fantasy that you don't actually have. Like it's not, you're just going to create more envy in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that is what I've really been working on with Maximus. Like there's some days we don't even leave the house and it feels like I don't shower. I don't leave the house. We don't see the light of day. Like going to get the mail is the highlight of the day. <laughs> and it's like, those days are beautiful. Like in the beginning, I was like, I hate this. I need to get out. I need to do something. But you know, what, what is the purpose of getting out and doing something when like really your world has changed for a temporary amount of time. And that that's what your world needs is you have the attention with your baby in whatever season that is. And that's at home. Like find the joy and beauty in that, like stop trying to find it elsewhere. It's not, it's not living there. No, it's not. And that, I think that's so important. It's so hard though. I mean, I am very guilty of scrolling and wishing my life was a certain way, not even with kids, just business, all kind. you know what I mean? All the things like wishing, oh, that looks like they're doing so well. And I wish I was doing that. And like, you know what I mean? And it's like, it's so hard to not feel that way nowadays, um, especially when it's constantly in our face. And I, I've talked about this often, but I struggle with not scrolling, you know, like I would love to say that I put my phone away and I don't look at it. That is not true. (laughs) The reels are hard. Okay. I can waste hours on reels because they're, I like the funny stuff that has nothing to do with hair half the time. If it's hair, I just swipe right through, but I want to see the button. And I will, an hour later, I'm like, what did I just do with my life? Yes. I, that's why I can't look at TikTok anymore. TikTok was like a time suck because I would be sitting on the couch and just laughing. <laughs> Pat would know when I'm on it because he would just be like, what are you doing? I was like, nothing, just look at TikTok. But I had to stop because yeah. like, even though it was making me happy, you know, it like, it like, I don't know. I just, it, it wasn't a good thing. It's I like will- watching trash TV. It's like, it's not contributing oh. to the betterment of anything other than just disconnecting to reality. Which is okay. Right. Yeah, like, okay. And and I almost feel like trash TV is better than the scrolling and feeling like shit. Because I will notice that I feel like shit on days that I just scroll. Mm, that's a good point. Even if nothing specifically like hits me or triggers me, I am not in a good place. Like that's usually when I feel like everything in my business isn't working and I feel like I'm a shitty mom and I feel like, you know what I mean? And it's just from constantly scrolling and getting all these ideas of what my life should look like or whatever, you know, the shoulds quote unquote. Um, so I almost feel like trash TV and just zoning out for a minute is like, what's wrong with that? I read a book. What's the difference? You know, I read like a, you know, a fiction book. It's kind of the same thing. (laughs) You're such a good reader. I wanted to share this funny story about airplanes and babies, because what you said was really funny. Cause I was flying with Maximus when he was six months 
my husband and I both flew out for me to attend actually a similar event that you attended with the same instructor. Mm-hmm. And Mark had to leave. He flew from North Carolina to South Carolina ahead, like a couple days ahead of me. So I was solo with Maximus for a, for two flights. It was a two, it took two flights from Charlotte to go to Greensboro. It's it crazy, was crazy, isn't it? Crazy. Yeah. So um, one of the legs um, we were we got on the airplane. I intentionally bought first class. So I would have space for my pump, for Maximus, for all the things. And I get on the flight and this gentleman who I can tell is like a businessman was sitting in the seat next to us. And I have Maximus in my arms and, um, I didn't bring a change of clothes. I forgot to bring a change of clothes. I'm like, he'll be fine. Like he rarely like blows out his diaper. It's fine. So I bring him on the airplane. We sit down. Um, I'm getting myself all situated. I have bags on bags. And it's just like, you know, I look like a little like hot mess express. And as soon as we're about to take off, I smell something. I was like, <laughs> what? What did my smell? And I pick Maximus up and his whole back is covered in poo. Like he blew out his diaper up to his neck almost. And it stunk. And I was like, Oh no. Now this is like a 30 minute flight. Like as soon as you're up, you're down. So they don't really encourage you to stand up and like use the bathroom. Plus I was like, how am I going to change into the bathroom? I don't have a change of clothes. His diapers like down below by my feet. He smells terrible. And all I could do is wrap him up in a burp cloth. And I held him the entire time. And this guy next to me was not impressed. He was so pissed that this stinky, shitty baby was sitting next to him in first class. He probably thought, why isn't there a baby only airplane that she can go sit on because she's <laughs> up here in first class with this baby? Oh my God. I felt, I didn't feel bad at the same time. I was like, this is not what I expected. So to top it off, I dropped my phone. My phone was missing under the seat. I can't get it because I have Maximus in my arm. So I have to physically get up. The flight attendant tries to find it. This gentleman is now like annoyed. And at the point that I finally got a chance to like, we're, we landed, we're departing. Um, I looked at him. I said, I'm really sorry for your flight experience. And he just said, that's okay. Well, that's nice. I'm like, no, no. I mean, it's better than him being like, you should be <laughs> like, I am sorry that you were a single mom flying with a baby right now. I don't know. He should, he could, he was, he was not very kind. He, yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't understanding. He was well, not- and that's, that's the thing too, is like, I think that's what changed in me is like when we first had to fly with Declan, when he was a baby, it was because Pat's dad had cancer and was dying in Florida and we wanted to bring him like, you know what I mean? Like, like now I look at it different. Like yeah. instead of being like, Oh, why would you have a baby on a flight? Like, cause I mean, I was the war. I'm, I did not want kids though. Let's, I am not, I'm still not a kid person. Like I love my son. I love a couple of his friends. I, but other than that, I, I don't love children. So, you know, that now that you have one, (laughs) it gets interesting, but I, now I look at things a lot differently and I'm like, okay, why? And why is it my business? Why they're on a plane or why is it my business? Why they're in a restaurant or what, you know what I mean? Like, like I have much more compassion now because I'm going through it. I've been through it, going through it, you know, whatever. Um, oh, and we've all forgot the change of clothes. At <laughs> least. You make that mistake one time though, and you never make it again. <laughs> never make that mistake again. Yeah. yeah. Bad. The whole thing was bad. Not fun <laughs> at all. Lesson learned. That was a great lesson. Always have a change of clothes. <laughs> yes. I mean, oh, we, as I said, you make that mistake one time and then you remember. Um, yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's hard. I think it is, you know, business is like 
the number one like thing, especially being an entrepreneur when you own your own business, right? It's like the number one thing that's like, will like transform you as a human, right? Whether you realize it or not. And I think parenthood is also one of those things. So it's fascinating being someone that owns their own business and is trying to parent and trying to like improve myself. And it feels like, and maybe you could agree with this, it feels like you're constantly being hit with your shadows mm-hmm. and you're constantly having to like figure things out on like, you know, self-improvement essentially, you know, and it's quite exhausting. Would you agree? It does get taxing. You know, one thing that came to mind when you said it's hard and this is the thing my husband says this to me probably too often and I'm like, shut up, <laughs> but it's like, choose your heart. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me, it's like, okay, choose your heart. So I left being an employee to become a business owner. Choose your heart. It was hard being an employee. It's hard being a business owner, but like, what's the outcome that you're searching for and which taps you back into your why. So it feels a little less hard, right? There's more motivation. So for me, like working for myself is something I will always continue to do. And then it's always evolving and finding like, where can I find more ease? Where can I find more pleasure and joy? And where can I find more abundance that's going to make this feel better? And reminding myself like what the latter was way harder than where I'm at now. Now it's like, it's just the responsibility feels like hard. It feels hard, but it's still like, it's still so much for me, much more opportunity. Um, I think like having employees now, which I love my team, I have such a beautiful team, but then there's this whole nother responsibility, just like children are showing up for other people and making sure that I'm supporting them as much as they're supporting the business and making sure I'm not disappointing them and making sure that I'm showing up enough. And like, there's always that same like dialogue, even with my own child is like, am I doing good enough? Should I do better? How can I be on this better? Like, it's like this constant self audit chatter that doesn't turn off because it's not just me. Like if I have a shortcoming in just my own business as an independent hairdresser, like no one's going to know. It's just me, right? I fuck something up. It's just me. I fuck something up in a team. I forget to order hair or I forget to place a color order. Like the whole team knows and they see me. So mm-hmm. having a team is like having a child where it's like, they're always watching and there's this extra level of responsibility. And it, that does feel challenging. And it, there are days I'm like, this is really hard. Is this something I should continue or want to continue? And then I got to remind myself, choose your heart. Why am I doing this? Right. Um, and really getting the realization again, like the freedom that I've been able to create with our business for not always being responsible for 150 clients by myself allows me to have the ability to be at home more. So choose your heart. It's definitely yeah. been a theme for the last nine months. <laughs> Same with children, choose your heart. Like some people are blessed to have a child um, planned. Some people are blessed to have a child unplanned. Um, I think that everyone who's given a child, I truly believe they are blessings from God. And we get this opportunity to raise a wonderful human in society, but it does come with its own set of challenges and not having them. Yeah. Life was easier because you didn't have to worry about someone else, but then you also weren't given that opportunity to have that little human love you the way that they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, for the longest time people would be like, Oh, do you remember life without Declan? And I'd be like, yes, <laughs> I, I say the same thing. Clients are like, absolutely did. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh no, I remember. I don't forget. I was like 40 years old when I had him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean like, yeah, fully remember being able to do what the hell I want when I wanted to <laughs> like, yep. But I will say, I said that for a very long time as he's gotten older. I, I think I'm just an older mom. Like I, I like, I prefer this age eight, like, 
you know, five to eight over um, infant personally. Um, and now I, I would respond differently. Mm. You know what I mean? Now it's like, I, I love this damn kid. And he is me. My child is me. He, we enjoy the same things like him and I, now we sit in, in my bed every night and we both read our own books just next to each other. He has to be touching me. He always puts his leg over mine and we just sit there in silence and read like color, like he's created, like, you know what I mean? And it's like, now I'm like, no, I couldn't imagine life without him at all. You know, I mean, I could, of course, like, um, but it's funny kind of how that, how it shifts in different phases, you know what I mean? And it's, and it is worth it. I mean, there has been so many hard times, so many, I mean, we just went through a hard, we, I go through phase, Declan goes through phases, I should say. I don't know if it's like leaps or whatever, um, like growth, mental leaps or um, where it will be a really hard couple weeks. And you could tell he's going through something and he's just like, you know, we went through a temper tantrum phase. We went through just all kinds of things. And um, we always now will go, okay, we know that this is going to end soon. He's going to learn whatever he needs to learn from this. And then he's going to be amazing for a couple of weeks. And then we're going to go through something else that we are never going to expect and be shocked about. And it's just going to probably go on forever. <laughs> so, so I think that even that took time for us to understand because we'd be like, who is this kid? Who is this kid? Who changed my child? <laughs> you know, Maximus. I mean, if you think about them when they're little, they go through so many milestones and growth spurts. And like when Maximus and is fast, same thing in two, like there'll be two weeks of sleeping, like absolute shit or he won't take a bottle or he won't go down for a nap or whatever it is. And we're like, who is this kid? And then like, we get like one good week with him and same thing. It's they're learning and growing. They just have a different way of expressing it. I think, I think if we all reflect on our own lives as adults, we probably do the same thing. We just don't. Oh yeah. Same capacity. Well, and they don't know how to express it. That is something that I've learned. Um, and I think it's it's actually quite fascinating watching my son and then my husband because, you know, my husband's very much the man that didn't fully know how to express his emotions. And now that I'm I didn't either for a long time. And now that I've been doing this work, you know, it, it's this work has changed the way that I parent, the way that my relationship is with my husband, you know, because now I can see things for what they are. So for the first couple of years of death, I'm a yeller like I am not a like gentle parenter by any means like. And for the first couple of years, I would be yelling at Declan and then he would be yelling at me and crying. And like what I realized is he was doing the same exact thing I was doing (laughs) just in an eight year old or whatever age version. And I had to check myself and be like, okay, he doesn't know how to express his emotions the same way I don't know how to express mine right now. And that has been quite the game changer Um, And quite fascinating because even at eight years old now, he will come to us and say, I'm just very frustrated and I need some alone time. And I'm like, you can have alone time. You know what I mean? Like, good for you. Like, thank you for saying that instead of freaking out, slamming his door, leave me alone, you know, like, and it's interesting how, you know, I say all the time on this podcast of how um, the internal work affects your business. And I truly don't believe you can be fully successful if you're not doing the internal work, like truly like internally successful. Right. And it's, I feel like it's kind of the same thing with parenting. Like we have to teach them all of, all of these things about life that we're still learning ourselves. You know, my child is watching me grow up with them. 
Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if you're 20 years old having a baby or 40 year olds having a baby, like you're still growing up with your child. <laughs> yes. And I saw a quote that I that I think changed my perspective is be be the parent that you needed when you were a child. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. one really got me. Cause it, and now it's like I think all the time of what it what did I need? What what didn't I get enough of? What did you know? And then I try to give him that in whatever way that I can. And it's it's interesting and it's it's cool to watch them. You know, you feel like you're teaching them something for a very long time before you're like, oh shit, they got it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I wasn't just talking to a wall like I thought I was for the last two years. Like, um, but it's cool to see it happen. And I'm excited just to see kind of this new generation because I feel like there is a lot more talk of self-care. There's a lot more talk of, you know, self-improvement. Um, you know, consciousness, subconscious, like all, all of that. And I'm excited to see what new generate, like what that brings for like us who are doing that work and then raising children who are going to be able to do things a lot differently than I think we were able to do for so long. Yeah, I agree. I feel that if you are aware or when you become aware of your parenting style to your child and you're not repeating how you were raised, so going into having a child, not recently, but when I was probably younger, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to spank my kid and I'm going to have a timeout or whatever it is, a disciplinary. So I'm like, my parents said to me, so I, of course I, I turned out great. Right. <laughs> I turned out perfect. So I went out to my kids. Now going through personal development and really diving into inner child work, it is a giant mirror right now, especially with the opportunity with a baby, right? To start over. And as I'm parenting Maximus, I'm getting the opportunity to reparent myself Mm. in a really different way than I didn't, I didn't expect that to come up. Um, That's probably my most recent revolution, excuse me, revelation with my work that I'm doing currently with my coach. Um, And I've, I've really hated inner child work. I never wanted to do it. Not that I didn't see a point to it, but I'm like, I just don't have time. Let's do something else. (laughs) And it's, it's come up so many times now where I just, I have to sit with it. I have to sit with her little Laura And I'm seeing now that like, I get to change that narrative within my family. Cause like my mom raised me the way that she was probably raised by her family, which her father was an alcoholic. He was very aggressive. He was physical with his children. My mom wasn't physical with us, but she had a temper and she was a yeller and she would communicate through yelling. And then we would have meltdowns and slam our doors and not be heard and feel frustrated. And then dad would come home and, you know, the whole thing, the cycle just got worse. So now as like a parent and understanding like, what did little Laura really need? I can start that fresh with Maximus and change that narrative within our family and, you know, allow him to express himself when he needs to, which he already does. He has tantrums already, <laughs> but then be there to hold space for him and allowing that to happen like Declan. And I'm, I look forward to one day when Maximus comes to us and says like, mom, I'm feeling frustrated. Like I need space or mom, I, f- I need to talk to you or whatever it is. Like, I look forward to that because I want there to be true open dialogue. And, and it doesn't mean like, obviously we parent to our own level of success, but I think it's really just raising a really good human that can grow up and go out to the world and, and make a really good impact and not have to to go and do therapies and all the things that we have to do. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just, it feels like a really cool opportunity to spend time with a little person and really influence them in a way that I may not have received. Yes. It's interesting talking to them as like, again, at, you know, Declan being eight, like having conversations with him is so fascinating. You know, just the thing, the way he sees the world and the way that like 
he perceives things is just, it's like so simple. And so, you know what I mean? In a, in the best way, like you want to talk about presence, like it's so fascinating, but I will say at this age, the world is starting to get to him. Mm. And this is the first time I think we've really started to notice it. You know, he's starting to talk about some insecurities. He's starting to talk about things that like, well, my friends do this, but I don't want to do that. And should I want to do that? Like, and I think this is this phase that we're in right now has taught me that like we can teach them only so much and they have to go through the pain just like we have to go through the pain. Mm -hmm. And that has probably been the hardest so far. Um, actually I was pretty upset about it last week because <laughs> it's like, you can, you want to just never want them to be in pain, you know, emotionally do what? Is it a hundred percent? Like, I oh hate, yeah. I hate when Maximus hurts himself. I'm like, oh, why wasn't I there to help you? <laughs> right. And, but I think, but what I realize is that I also think that a part of me is doing all this self-work because I don't, I want to avoid pain too. Mm -hmm. But what I'm realizing is that you can't, and it's just part of the human experience. And like, you can just react to it differently or, you know, try and shift your mindset around it or whatever. And it, it's like, no, like it, it's just pain is a part of life, whatever that pain looks like, unfortunately. And it's like, uh, <laughs> it's tough. So it's been, yeah, parent, parenting, entrepreneurship, like it, it is, it's a wild ride. It's a it, wild ride. It is. It's, so one, oh God, I think just the unpredictability is what's to be predictable amongst all that. Mm. And like you can control your reactions and you can control like how you handle situations and you can control choices in that, but there's still so much that you don't have control over that you really just have to kind of surrender to. And this yeah. is like Brene Brown's like when, or maybe it was Gabrielle Bernstein. It's like, when you think you've surrendered enough, surrender some more. And I'm like, I struggle with that. I'm like, I don't know how much I can surrender even more, but you, you have to like the moment you let go of that control. Like, I feel like then that gives the opportunity for whatever, like whether it's the lesson that's supposed to be shown or your next steps that are supposed to be shown or the next milestone for your child that's supposed to be happening because all you've been doing is trying to focus on the controlling of safety is really what it comes down to. We all try and control our own safety. Yep. Yep. I love it. I love it. Laura, I love this conversation, of course, because it's, I feel like I was going to cry quite a few times. I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> you that together really well. I, I mean, that you know, that when you start talking about certain things and slice feel like their pain and so like, it just sucks. You know what I mean? Like you just don't, you just want them to be a cute little happy children forever. And like, I don't know. It's just, we're, we're just at a stage, I think right now, where I'm like seeing him getting older and seeing his independence. And it, it like, it's harder than I thought it was going to be. You pray for these moments, right. Or whatever. I don't pray, but <laughs> you do whatever for these, wish for these moments. Um, and then they get here and you're like, wait, uh, uh no, <laughs> like, that's not, it's not really what I wanted. <laughs> to that, And I obviously have many years before I get to eight, but I know it goes fast and I cannot imagine. I was with, I met my husband when his son, his youngest was eight. And so seeing him from eight to now 16, I'm like, holy crap. Like, does that go by fast? It and goes by so fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like people tell you that. And I like, was like, yeah, whatever. It's like, holy, like it's wild. It is insane to me. I mean, even just clothes, like, I always hand down um, all of Declan's clothes to a friend in the neighborhood. So I, her sons wear them all the time. And the other day, 
her youngest was in this t-shirt that was so tiny that Declan used to wear all the time. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, how did he ever, I don't even remember him being that small. Like I, I used to say, I'll always remember this. I'll always remember this. And I don't, and it sucks. I mean, thank God for like videos and like iPhones and whatnot. You know what I mean? Cause I'm like, no, I'll remember this forever. And then I'll like find a baby book and I'll have something I wrote in there. And I was like, oh my God, I forgot about like, you do forget about, so it makes me so sad. <laughs> I know. I was told that like early on, write down everything. And I'm like, what? I don't have time to write down everything, but we'll just take pictures and videos and make sure you like, don't lose them. I know I have so many videos, but yeah, it goes by fast. And I, you know, I think like our children's lives go by fast, but then I'm like, what happens to our lives? Like if like that, everything goes by so fast, everything's so fleeting, you know? And I think it really makes me think about like some insecurities that I have or some like fears of like making big leaps of like, what? why, why would I be like one life goes by so fast and two, like, what do I have? Like, not what do I have to lose? Cause obviously financial security is, could be something if that was fearful for someone, but like, it doesn't really matter. Like people should just truly like take those risks to make big changes in your life. I don't know. I was like, it's still something I'm sitting with and sorting through with certain things, but it just makes me think so differently about like, again, watching how fast they change and grow. And like, we are also changing and growing. It just, we may not realize it in that moment. Like, it's just, it's a reality check of just being like, there's no reason to hold yourself back and be stuck or feel stuck because you always have a choice to like make that big change if you choose to. I love that. I love that. Laura, where can people, yeah, where can people, where can people find you? Um, I hang up on, so I hang out on social mostly. Um, so I am Laura Elizabeth is my handle. And then in my link, you'll have tons of options. Like there's a link in my bio, of course, or the website and offerings and free downloads and all the things where you can go hang out with me and see what I have to like support you guys. If you're interested as a hairstylist to work in that capacity. Awesome. And I will um, link that your Instagram and your website in the show notes. So it's easy for people to find. Thank you so much for having this conversation. I know it wasn't like, you know, salon specific, but that's what I like about this podcast. I I can do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love talking about being a mom and more than I thought I would. So thank you for having me. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. I I received that. I'm proud of you for being an awesome mom too. I'm trying. We're all just trying. We are. We are all doing our best. (laughs) Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcast. Talk with you on the next one.